It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Zabinijad off the stick. Artemi Panada gives it back to Zabinijad in the corner. Riders in front of the net. Stick handling now. Fox throws on the right. Here's Strom. Score. Well, that was a rocket. Yes. An absolute rocket by Ryan Strom. Power play goal for the Rangers at 6.03. Rangers won. Sharks nothing. Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, it was a good hockey game both ways. It was a good defensive battle. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we just couldn't find a way to get one by. I think our guys did a great job blocking shots again. A couple of huge ones in the first. And, yeah, I mean, it was a good hockey game. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you. Happy to be here with you, as always, as we start out looking at the big picture for the Sharks as they fall to the Rangers by a final of one to nothing last night. Yeah, more on that in a moment, but first, let's look at the standings. The San Jose Sharks with 13 wins, 10 losses, and one overtime loss to go at their 27 points. Currently sit at fourth in the Pacific Division. Three points back of third place Anaheim. Five points back of second place Edmonton. And eight points back of first place Calgary. Now for the Sharks, if we look at the overall uh, wild card standing, which again, you might think it's too early to look at this. You're probably right, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to look at it. Uh, They currently uh, sit at the top spot Still one point in front of Las Vegas uh, for the top wildcard spot in the Western Conference. So I am not exactly uh, falling apart over the Sharks' loss last night. But man, there, there is, I, w- I was trying to rationalize this last night as I had this immediate reaction of good loss, bad loss. As I'm telling myself like, hey, you know, a year ago, this is a team that the Sharks would have been blown out by. I mean, well, a year ago, they wouldn't have played anyone in the East Coast, A, so it's a sign of improvement society-wide. But, the, you know, you don't lose a lot of one nothing games last year or the year before. And I think overall, it's indicative of the entirety of what the Sharks have been able to foster up to this point of the year and that they have this identity and that they are playing this, you know, chip-and-chase, hard-nosed, defense-first style of hockey that's very you know, physical and very inviting to block shots and just kind of make the team, the the opposition work for it. I mean, you know right now when you're playing against the Sharks, you're going to have to work for every little drop that you get. I mean, the Rangers have been on their streak, one of the most explosive offensive teams in the league, and their power play has been phenomenal. And yes, the Sharks did give up a power play goal last night, but that was it. They didn't bleed goals. They had, you know, Aiden Hill on the second night of a back-to-back stepping in for James Reimer, who wasn't feeling well. You know, he came in and had a great performance. Everything the Rangers did last night, they had to work for. And keep in mind, the Sharks were on the second night 
of a back-to-back. And these are all the justifications I'm getting into in my head of why it was okay that the Sharks lost. And listen, I'm not losing my mind over loss, but you do you know, go into that and you're saying, okay, here's why the loss isn't the worst thing in the world. You lost by a goal to a really good team on the second night of a back-to-back in their own house on the East Coast in the fourth game of a five-game road trip. I can come up with justifications to the end of the earth of why that is relatively acceptable. Not that any loss is ever quote-unquote acceptable, but listen, there are 82 games in a season. You're going to lose a good amount of those no matter how good you are. The best teams ever still have double-digit losses, right? I mean, it's not like this is uh, the NFL. There are going to be losses. It is a constant. However... If you are on the second night of a back-to-back and you are in the fourth game of a five-game road trip playing against one of the best teams in the NHL as of late and you only give up one goal, you've got to win that game. I mean, that's the other part of it, which is just driving me mad, especially late in the game when the Sharks couldn't get the puck out of their own end and they were going against the number two goalie and you're thinking to yourself, this is your opportunity. Their goalie just went down injured, which, by the way, had nothing to do with Timo Meyer. I'm not sure what went on right there. But they're, Jesterkin went down. And suddenly you've got an opportunity to tie up that game, and you couldn't. I mean, credit to the Rangers for being able to rally, and they maybe were inspired by that. Maybe if Jesterkin stays in, they the Sharks do get that goal because they might have waned a little bit. But the Rangers found a little bit of a boost from their own netminder going down but the Sharks have got to win that game. I mean, that's the thing that's so frustrating. Is like if you only give up one goal, you've got to win that game. I don't care how defense-first mentality you are. You've got to be able to come up with a game-winning goal there. And it's just ultimately frustrating. Very, 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 very frustrating. I mean, that's that was my main takeaway from last night. And it's a good thing to be reacting to, though, I think, in the grand scheme. Because the last two years have not given you these one nothing losses where you walk away with a great deal of frustration. There is a sense that the San Jose Sharks are turning the tide. And the other thing that I got the sense of last night is that the Sharks were hungry after the loss. I think last year, the losses piled up. The year before that, the losses piled up. It was, uh, you know, weather. This, every, every day was weathering the storm for the San Jose Sharks, right? I mean, you could see it building up in the post-game reactions and the faces of the players They were sick of the losing, but it wasn't the type of sick of the losing that was leading them to more wins. It was the type of mentality where it was just like, oh my God, this is a lot to take. But right now, that's not the reaction that I get. Last night, the Sharks lost that game and you could kind of hear it in Timo Meyer's voice. You could kind of hear it in Logan Couture's voice. You could kind of hear it in Bob Bugner's voice. Aiden Hill was so chill, it's really hard to get a read on that guy (laughs) one way or another. But there did seem to be an immediate hunger of, Let's get back out there in Columbus and win this game. And I I fully expect the Sharks to come out with a lot of energy on Sunday and beat Columbus. Not to take anything away from Columbus. They are a, a, you know, they're 12 and 9. I'm not looking at anything with Columbus and saying that they're not a good team. I'm just saying this is a game where I think the Sharks are going to come out with a positive frustration out of this loss last night. That they were not able to get it done in a winnable game and they have to win the winnable games and make up, atone for their sins, what, however minor they were against the Rangers and take that out on Columbus. I mean, that's the thing. The Rangers, credit to them. They've been one of the hottest teams in the NHL and they took on a Sharks team that was not giving up much and they made one fewer mistake. And it's not very often that a game demands you don't make any mistakes. And yes, both teams made minor mistakes, but the mistakes 
that you go down for. And I, you know, going on a power play, I can't even say that the Sharks made the mistake because if you looked at that penalty, I believe it was Gregor, he got pushed into the keeper from behind. It, the, the immediate comparison was to what happened the night before with the Sharks when they earned a goalie interference penalty, but that was not what I saw. I said he got pushed. That was not the way that the uh, officials saw it, and so the Sharks went on the kill, and the Rangers have had one of the best power plays in the league as of late. Yeah, the Sharks saw why, and they do not get that opportunity to win the game because they give up the goal, or they do not get an opportunity to get a point, I should say. Tough. I mean, that's tough, but it just shows how much the standard has changed for the Sharks, right? Like, this is not a game that they would have fared well in a year ago or two years ago. And I've started to, uh, <laughs> and this is a project I'm thinking about mulling around with, but comparing last year's games, but implementing this year's goals against average from respective goalies and trying to see what the Sharks record would have been. So, you know, I, I just, I wonder how much that would have helped last year. And obviously it would have been a huge help, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm looking at and think, do I want to go back and play that game? Probably not. But it was just a, a frustrating night. I mean, just again, I have that idea where I look at that game and say, if you give up just one goal, you have to win. You have to win. And the Sharks, unfortunately, were not able to get the one goal to earn a point and send it to overtime. And, you know, two goals that would have been able to outright win it in regulation. And part of that is the power play. The power play through four games on this road trip is one for nine. Now, the other side of the power play not being as good as it needs to be, which is, you know, the obvious statement of the century. But when I watched the power play, even though Bob Bugner did like the first power play of the night, I think that you, chances aren't being created automatically. I feel like with the Sharks power play, there's a lot of hesitation initially to set up a good shot, to set up a good cycling of the puck, to find a space, to find an opening. And then you don't see the good chance creations until the final 45 seconds. To me, the power play has got to be a blitzkrieg right off the bat, and they've got to figure out how to enter the zone with speed and just attack, attack, attack. I mean, that is, to me, what the Sharks need to be doing, especially when you have big slap shots like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns on your two different units, especially when you have Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, two bigger, heavier bodies who can muscle in the tight spaces and make something happen, especially when you have high-skilled players like Logan Couture. You need to be able to be on the attack. I don't want to see the hesitation. I, I am more in the vein of make something happen. Make the team react. Make them make a save. Make them block a shot. Create chaos in front of the net. And I don't know why, because we, we didn't see this earlier. Earlier, a couple games back before this road trip, it seemed like the Sharks were starting off the power play with aggression and not getting results. And now we've seen a little bit of a tentative nature and the Sharks kind of Eh, bouncing back and forth and trying to figure out what they're going to do and trying to figure out how they're going to score a goal. And it's just been tentative, almost uh, hemming and hawing. And then suddenly they start, they get a flurry of shots out in the final 45 seconds and it's too little too late. And I feel like, well, yeah, you're only using, you know, barely a third of your power play time to get, get a shot off. And it's, it's frustrating. Again, the, the, the theme of frustration from last night keeps on popping up for a reason. But when I'm watching the power play right now, to me, it's got to be more aggressive right off the bat. It's got to be more just hammer the net, blitzkrieg, whatever terminology you, you want to use. But make something happen. Ask questions of the defense. Ask questions of the goalie. 
put things in play, react to it, make something happen, and from that point on, try and thrive within the chaos. I am a true believer of creating chaos, getting the puck bounce, getting something to bounce around, and trying to find that dirty, cheap goal that may not be the most beautiful shot, the most beautiful setup. You just got into the you know dirty, tight spaces in front of the net and made something happen. I have no problem with that. I do not need beauty. I do not need everything to be an unbelievable pass to Eric Carlson to set up an upper decker. Those are great, but I also like just the ability of a team to go in and just, you know, hammer in a goal, try and push it in when there's a a crush of, of bodies in front of the net. That will also yield a goal. But how about Aiden Hill, by the way, and how about the Sharks goalies this year, especially this road trip? They have been absolutely fantastic. You, you know, you, you shut out the Blackhawks. You only give up two goals against the Devils, one goal against the Islanders, one goal against the Rangers. I mean, that that's huge. You're giving up four goals in four games on a road trip, most of which is in the Eastern time zone. You are giving the Sharks a chance to win. The net minding is giving them a chance to win in each and every game. And that was Bob Bugner's big thing that he talked about last year. It was one of the things that he looked at and said, this is where our problem is. This is one of the things that we need to rectify in conjunction with Doug Wilson. You know, they made these acquisitions in the offseason and look what it's yielded. And look at the way that the Sharks have been able to respond in front of these goalies are putting forth great performances. I, you know, I only feel there have been a couple of times where the Sharks haven't given these guys the support they needed. And last night was one of them. Because, you know, it's it's a winnable game. You do take into account the fact that it was the second night of a back-to-back. And while I don't think the Sharks had dead legs, I actually thought they looked pretty good. You know, credit to their trainers and their regen sessions and getting those guys back and ready to go, you know, less than 24 hours later. But I do think that there were a couple of moments when they... It's not that they were not a good team on the ice, but they were being pushed back on by the Rangers and they didn't have a lot of pushback. And they had to absorb a lot of the Rangers. And I think that took a lot out of them. Now, granted, it was more of that bend, don't break mentality that we've seen from the Sharks this year, which I love. I love the bend, break, bend, but don't break mentality. You don't need to be perfect. If you can absorb it, that'll be just as good. But I did feel the cumulative effect of those two things didn't allow them to have uh, more offensive opportunities. And especially late in the game, they had trouble getting it out of their own end. But I do really, really think that the Sharks have been put in a position to win so many more games based on the strength of play from the goalie, which has enabled the defense to be that much better and that much more aggressive and blocking shots. And I know that's, you know, Drew Remenda, I'll tell you, he's not a fan, but there was something about that shot of Mario Ferraro sitting on the bench last night, you know, bloodied. He'd had to get stitches on his uh, lip and on his cheek, maybe. I don't know. He took a puck to the face. It was just one of those classic sports things where you see these photos, like, you know, the famous one of Y.A. Tittle on his knees, you know, bleeding from his face, that, looking at Mario Ferraro sitting on the bench, bloodied, looking tired. I just, I love shots like that. It just shows the brutality and the aggression of sports. And I thought it was great. I was like, look, this is what the San Jose Sharks are right now. A bloody defenseman keeping his team in the game. One guy stepping in for another guy. We talked about the next man up mentality in yesterday's podcast. Today, we again will reference the next man up uh, mentality of this team. Reimer goes down. You've got Hill a second night in a row to step up. And Hill knew that he was getting into a tough situation against a Rangers team. Hill had all the excuses in the world to not have a great game. What did Hill go out and do? He had a great game. 
played phenomenally, made huge saves. Second night in a row he did that. Second night in a row he gave up a first period goal and nothing else. Now it is frustrating that he did not get the, the support that he deserved. Mitigating circumstances, of course we take those into effect, but he gave the Sharks a chance to win. The defense gave the Sharks a chance to win. The offense did not give the Sharks a chance to win. Credit as well to the opposition. The Rangers, they did a very good job trying to minimize the attempts that the Sharks got. Shot selection wasn't very good. A lot of it was from the perimeter. I thought the Sharks had a tough time getting in front of the net. Credit to the Rangers for pushing things to the outside, keeping it outside the circles, pushing it into the corners. You know, they're taking a page out of the Sharks' book, for lack of a better term. But this is on the road, second night of a back-to-back. I do think that we come back home for this seven-game homestand, you are going to see a much, much better Sharks team. You are going to see them, in my opinion, I think they're going to have the ability to take about five out of seven. And I think that's a very, very good place to be. I think you have these moments in a season which can allow you to thrive. And I think this road trip has been one of them. And I fully expect the Sharks to get a win over Columbus on Sunday. And I think they are going to come out hot in that game, be buzzing. But I think when you, you have the road trip, which you've already secured a, a winning road trip, you have to take that home and say, we got three out of five or four out of five on the road, whichever it's going to be. That has yet to be determined. We need to back up that performance with another solid performance on this homestand and the entirety of the month of December when they are mostly at home. Most of the games of the month of December are at home. And the Sharks need to be ready to be all over that. All over it. And put themselves in a position to climb in the standings and weather the storm of future road trips when they get deeper and deeper into the year. Between now and the end of the month, the Sharks play 10 games. Hosting Calgary, hosting Minnesota, hosting Dallas, hosting Seattle, hosting Vancouver, hosting Vancouver, hosting Edmonton, on the road against Anaheim, hosting Arizona, and hosting Philadelphia. you got to win those games. You have got to be the majority winner, maybe even eight out of those 10 games. And I feel like the the two obvious ones that are going to be tough, no disrespect to any other of the opponents, you look specific at Calgary, you look specifically at Edmonton. And, you know, Anaheim's pretty good. I give them a lot of credit. They're they're another team that's ahead of schedule this year. But you have 10 games, and I view eight of them as these are must-wins for the Sharks. The expectation should be that the Sharks go in and win these games. And you might be thinking, Ted, you're getting way ahead of yourself for a team that was not good last year, not good the year before that. But I'm sorry, my expectations are a little bit higher because the Sharks have given themselves an opportunity up to this point of the year. They have had, you know, these five-game road trips. They've had the majority of their season on the road up to this point. They have dealt with the COVID storm. They've done all of that rather swimmingly, in my opinion. They've kept their heads above water. They're still, you know, at 13, 10, and 9 right now, very, very much ahead of where I thought they would be. But the fact that they are ahead of where I thought they would be is now, that's where they need to thrive. That's where they need to take advantage of all the things they've done right up to this point and get a little bit of momentum going. And again, you have 10 games nine of which are at home. You have got to win those. You have got to thrive. You have got to push yourself up the standings because it's not like other teams are getting any worse, by the way. Calgary, very good. Edmonton, very good. After that, things get a little bit more blurry. We we, have very obvious questions about what the Ducks are. We still have questions about what the Sharks are, which is why I'm so excited to see if they can thrive during this period because you know what good teams do when they have nine out of 10 at home? They thrive. They win. They get rolling. They streak. 
Can the Sharks do what the Sharks of old used to do? Even if it is a different formula, even if it's not sexy, even if it's not high scoring, can they grind out the wins when the opportunity is being offered to them? Because that's what we're seeing right now. A massive opportunity for the Sharks, a massive moment that again, could go down to define this year. So far, the Sharks have been passing all the tests. If they want to truly take that next step, they need to ace the test. Passing is not a good enough grade at this point. They need to nail it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get into some post-game sound on the other side. Reaction to the loss. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Rangers have it on the near side. Couple Cockroach checked by Ferraro. Moves back behind the San Jose net. Centering attempt there blocked by Benito, but taking it back, it's fed to Kreider, and Kreider shoots it somehow. Aiden Hill squeezed the pads together and kept it out of the net. And boy, that had to hurt him a little bit too as he is doubled over, but he kept it out. And wow, what a stop by Aiden Hill off Chris Kreider. Yeah, he's, he's a confident guy. I don't think his confidence confidence has wavered at all this year. Um, he started off really, really good. We didn't play very well in front of him, but uh, he works extremely hard in practice. He's a very good goalie, so he's he's, he's playing well. And um, two, two really good games in a tough situation back-to-back when he hasn't played for a bit, so uh, happy for him. That was Logan Couture bringing us back in after an Aiden Hill save. This is Aiden Hill after the loss last night talking about just playing that back-to-back game. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's nice to play back-to-back once in a while. I find uh, you get in a bit of a rhythm, right? Because just go to bed, right back at it. So, uh, yeah, it was nice. I mean, obviously, we want the two points, but I felt like we played a good game and we stuck to our game. And, uh, yeah, we just got to keep going into Columbus. But the most important part of what Aiden Hill and what James Reimer have been doing is giving the Sharks an opportunity to win. Both of them stepped up large multiple times throughout the year. The bad nights for those guys are much, much more of a few and far between type instance. And again, these guys are putting forth the performances that they need to. Yeah, it would have been great if he could have stopped that shot early. The Sharks offense is what the problem was last night. No No shocker there, but uh, in terms of the James Reimer situation where he was out not feeling well, uh, this is what Hill had to offer on how much warning he had. Uh, I was warned last night, yeah. Because I think everybody was wanting to know what's the deal, what's going on here, why, you know, what's going on. So they they had a little bit of warning, but he was able to get the rest needed and he got into a rhythm and he had another fantastic game. Frustrations are the big story out of this game for the San Jose Sharks. You only give up one goal. You're on the road the second night of a back-to-back, but you can't put anything in the back of the net. How much of that is the power play? Again, one for nine through four games on this road trip. Bob Bugner. First power play was actually really good. The only problem was the three chances we had and were great looks uh, on Shesterk, and we missed an end on all three. Um, so, you know, we talked about that in between first and second at the end there. Uh, right off the faceoff, we made a goal line play to Cooch, and, uh, you know, the goalie made a save there. Um, Cooch sort of didn't get all of it. Um, you know, I, I think at times it could have been better, but we, you know, we've got our four or five looks in the two power plays we had, and we just, uh, um, you know, again, we didn't execute. Here's Timo Meyer weighing in on his frustrations with the offensive side of things. Yeah, I uh, thought we had some looks, but then 
you know, we didn't do enough to, to get that goal, to get inside on the net. And, and uh, yeah, just to find that dirty goal, get shots to, I think uh, we didn't do a good enough job tonight. And he gave his take on some of the issues with the power play. You know, on the power play, we weren't uh, able to, you know, get one. And then just five on five, I think we were, uh, you know, too much uh, on the outside. Uh, didn't get uh, enough traffic in front and shots still. So. And Bugner also noticed that too many shots were from the outside. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to be obviously watching the game again. Um, you know, I know uh, analytically, I think if, if the chances were very close is from what I've heard after the game, but I, you know, I'll watch for myself. But uh, um, yeah, they do a good job. Hey, listen, Rangers played well. I would have taken if someone said before the game, we we're going to be one nothing going into the third and a uh, chance to win. And, uh, um, you know, we gave ourselves a chance to win. It's like I said, we, we couldn't find any offense. Um, you know, defensively, we we give a few chances up at the end because I think we were opening it up, obviously. But uh, for the most of the game, we wanted to manage the puck. We wanted to keep things tight. Um, you know, I thought we did a pretty decent job of that. And then Timo Meyer also talked about just the overall frustrations in a loss like that of only giving up the one goal but not being able to walk away with a better performance and if that can lead them into better results in Columbus. Yeah, I think I think it's a positive. Obviously, uh, just giving up one goal and our goalie played fantastic too. We made some huge saves, but uh, yeah, I mean, if we can uh, find that goal, um, like I said, maybe you know earlier, and then uh, you know it's it's a different game. And if we play the same way defensively, I thought defensively we did a good job. So just that offensive stuff, that you know, that extra inch to get in front of the net. If we uh, if we can get that and get back to that, we're going to have uh, success in the next game. So it's responses like that that make me think that the Sharks are going to go into the game in Columbus and have a very good performance because I think the Sharks are having a positive reaction to a missed opportunity. They're not, you know, wallowing in misery. They're not being overwhelmed by what they were or were not able to do against the Rangers. But more of all, they're looking at themselves as saying, hey, on the second night of a back-to-back we had a good performance, didn't have a great performance, but we're good enough to keep ourselves in this, make it a one nothing loss, and they can identify the things they did well that speak to their team's identity. They can talk about the defense-first mentality. They can talk about the shot blocking. They can talk about what they've been able to do to limit the offense of other teams, which definitely was noticed by Logan Gutcher. Yeah, absolutely. Guys have bought in and... Um... You know, the coaching staff brought it to us in, in camp, or a new system in the defensive zone that we we're going to play. And, um, you know, they said you may have to give up some offense at times to, to play t- tight defensively, um, but it's going to help us win hockey games. And every single guy in that room is bought into that. And uh, it shows. I mean, we're, we're f- five tight in the D zone. Um, when one guy makes a, a mistake, the other guy's there to back him up. So uh, it's been good so far. Um, and we've given up, you know, a lot less goals than we did last year for sure. But I do think that as the Sharks get deeper and deeper into the year, they are going to figure out how to generate more offense from this defense-first mentality. I think that, A, the power play has the ability to be better. That's a first and foremost thing, and it also shows how important the power play is right now because when they play this defense-first mentality, they're not as focused on the offense. They're not as overwhelming, and thusly they are not creating as many opportunities to draw a penalty. But I do think that right now the focus is so much on the defense in limiting their exposure to high danger chances that they are, it's almost like a one-dimensional team where they need to focus on this to make it their identity. Right now it is becoming their identity, but we haven't seen a great enough or a longer stretch of games to where we can truly say that is who the Sharks are. 
we're 24 games into the year. We got to see this over the long term. But I think as that becomes their more natural identity, something that they don't have to focus on as much throughout the games, I do think at that point we will see a greater yield from the offense because right now it's like the focus is so much on one thing. And I'm not going to say it's unnatural, but it's just it's not what has been the norm. They are still learning that. They're still adopting that. They're still proving it to themselves that they can play that game in, game out. Once that does become more of the norm, I do think you will see the offense become a little bit more comfortable. And I'm basing this off of what I've seen with other teams in the past across other sports when they're adopting a new mentality, a new identity. There are often struggles as an identity is born. A, one aspect of the game might suffer for a while. And that's that's going to be the challenge for the Sharks. Are they going to be able to bring this offense up to meet what they're doing on defense? Because if they can do that, then boy, they're a really good team. Right now, they're a good team. Slightly better than average, right? In a playoff position, if the season were to end today, almost a nonsensical argument because that's a long, long way from now, even if we do pay attention to the standings because we pay attention to the standings. That's why they exist. But right now, the Sharks are a good team with potential. If they can make good on that potential, if they can start scoring those goals, if they can start playing a more complete game, then they're... Again, a very threatening, dangerous team that I don't think a lot of teams want to play against. You have the opportunity to create that in very short order. It's just a matter of whether or not the Sharks can go from being a relatively one-dimensional team as they are right now to expanding that across the totality of what they put out there on the ice. The defense, fantastic right now. The shot blocking, the mentality, all that good right now. The offense, lacking. And that's a big part of the game. So while we are celebrating how good the offense is right now, we have to acknowledge that it is limiting what they're able to do in terms of a game like what we saw last night. We're giving up a goal was too much for them to handle. It is a good sign. It is also conversely a bad sign. You take the good with the bad because it's indicative overall of the growth that the team has shown that they're able to keep themselves in games and play these grinded out type of games that give them again the chance to win. But it's not just about the chance to win. It's taking advantage of a game that is winnable and viewing it under the paradigm of a winnable game. That's what it's got to be for the San Jose Sharks. It's not there yet, but that doesn't mean that it can't be there in the future. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. We are out of time. I will see you all Monday morning after the game against Columbus for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.